Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, balance and relationship advisor for bold women in business and a few brave men. Well, this has been a fantastic kickoff to season nine, where we are talking about moving through peaks and valleys and trying to keep your sanity in the process. As business leaders, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as stewards and servant leaders in this world, just trying to lead change and impact the world in whichever way you are purposed to serve, it can be complicated because as you're doing all these deep, great works and opportunities to serve other people, life is happening around you. You know, someone's getting married, someone's having a baby, someone fell ill, someone's sick, someone died. There's all kinds of complications of things that are going around us constantly. And in the interim, we're trying to make sure that we're continuing to move the needle forward because we know that our life serves a purpose. We are here for a reason. And you know, my job for you is to tap into the person inside the professional and make sure that I can get all the good stuff out so you have some resources that you can pull on when you're feeling a little stuck and you're just, you know, you need some help and support to kind of move forward um, in whichever way you're doing it. So today, we have the opportunity to speak with Al Sini. He's an amazing fella. I really fell in love with him a few months ago um, at this point, by the time that you're here in this recording, when I had the opportunity to sit with him and his co-partner um, on CEO Chat TV, which was phenomenal and hilarious. I'll tell you about the hilarious moment uh, a little while. And <laughs> I was laughing in the background. We we had a great time. So Al, I want to introduce you to everyone as an innovator, innovator, a co-developer, a CEO, and an executive who is just doing amazing things. How are you today? Nikita, I am great, and I'm very honored that you consider me to be one of the uh, few brave men that you mentioned at the top of the program. <laughs> you are a brave man. You know how I feel about you. You're just like full of joy, and it's it pours off of you, which is awesome. Um, so I had the opportunity to sit with you and Joe, your co-partner at CEO Chat, and just have an amazing conversation. Um, it wasn't a traditional interview in terms of the, the formalities of prepped questions and scripted and all that good stuff. And one of the things that I valued about it is that you guys took the reins and really pulled me in with you because it's natural for you. You're not new to this. You've, you've clearly been helping people for a really long time, especially organizations. And one of your new tools, um, when I was having a conversation with you guys when we were leaving from the last time, it made me dig in a little bit. This brand and culture alignment toolkit is something pretty cool. What had you decide to develop something like that, considering all your senior executive expertise that you were coming from before? Well, you know, it, uh, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say about, about CEO Chat, you were a terrific guest. And, oh, thank uh, you. And what it really takes, I think, to make a great interview is uh, curiosity, because mm -hmm. I think curiosity is a very underrated and probably one of the most powerful of all human emotions. And uh, so that need to want to learn more and that need to want to really deeply understand something is what drives any good conversation. That's what made you such a great guest. And, uh, you know, as, as far as brand and culture alignment, is concerned. Um, actually, that journey began about five years ago. And a little bit of my background, I, I was um, for about 15 years a contract pro, uh, pro, uh, project manager mm -hmm. for General Electric, actually specifically in New York City at NBC Universal. And over those 15 years, I developed a kind of a core competency of uh, getting people who didn't directly report to me and who I couldn't either really directly reward or punish 
to want to do the things that needed to be done in order for the project that I was running to be successful. Mm. So, so year after year, uh, they kept calling on me, not exactly knowing what it was I did, <laughs> because they knew that somehow the 30 or 40 or 80 people on my project would want to do the right thing and get the right thing done, and that always worked for them. Mm. So, so this started about five years ago when I finished that journey and uh, started thinking to myself, is there some way, understanding human nature, to harness the power of curiosity, uh, the basic core positive uh, uh, motivations that drive all people, is there some way to kind of tap into that to um, develop a system that gets people to want to do the right thing? And uh, doing the right thing is always what we want from uh, from the people who work for us. You mentioned uh, in your introduction servant leadership, and mm -hmm. that's a such a very important, such a, a very powerful concept. And uh, what I've learned in my experience with servant leadership is that while service to others is definitely a part of it, mm -hmm. uh, a, a collective service to a larger goal is what really makes a difference in getting a anything done. If you're working with a bunch of people, and it's not about ultimately management isn't about getting people to do what you want them to do. Management is about working together with the people who report to you and helping them do the right thing. So the first job a manager has is articulating that right thing. What is it that we're all working really hard trying to improve ourselves and trying to get done in the, at the same time? The whole point of the Brandon Culture Alignment Toolkit um, is to find the role model that represents an organization's best self on its best day, communicate that back out to all the members of the organization, including and maybe especially the leadership, mm -hmm. and then giving them all the tools they need to create little personal alignment plans, things that they can change on a day-to-day -day basis to be more like that role model, to align themselves more closely with this ideal self that is doing the right thing every day. So I don't know if that made it if that made sense, but it's yeah. part science and part art, and it's all human, and and that's what's made it so much fun for me. Well, I love that you said that, um, partially because art is you know the creative spirit, and creativity is to your point part of the alignment of curiosity that moves the world forward, um, which is so important. And the science helps to back it up with giving you some measurable. Um, evidence-based, you know, goals and milestones and things kind of embedded in to make sure you're supported in the right way and, do, and doing things in a way that doesn't allow you to make mistakes that are un, that are avoidable. I just want to say unavoidable, but avoidable, which is important. But you made me think of something, Al. So you're, which is amazing, by the way, like the brand and culture alignment too is phenomenal and should be in every organization. Let me put that out there, like really clearly. And with that, because you said, especially highlight, especially the leadership needs to, to get it. And you and I know if the lead isn't, you know, together, if the head isn't right, neither is the body, neither is the tail. We talk about that all the time. Um, so they need to not just say, oh, okay, great, I have this thing on my desk. I'll get to it when I get to it. I, you know, my main goal as the leader was just to make sure our team used it, but to make, to literally have it inside their hands so they can absorb it and start to put things in practice. And obviously you can't force anyone to do anything, but the goal is for them to get things off of paper and into applica application. Is that right? Oh, it's absolutely right. And in fact, one of my favorite quotes, and I wish I'd said it, it was actually <laughs> said by, uh, by Peter Senge, who wrote, I think he wrote this in his book, The Fifth Discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so insightful and it's so real and I use it all the time. People really don't resist change. What they resist is being changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the most 
one of the most one of the most sensitive human um, uh, reactions, I think, is to the is uh, the negative reaction you get when you feel like you're being manipulated, like mm-hmm. you're being controlled by somebody. Right. And uh, I think where an awful lot of leaders go wrong is that they kind of lose patience with the organic process of encouraging people to want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So they try to force it. And when they try to force it, they tell people what to do. And as soon as you tell somebody what to do, you've lost the ability to lead them. You've sacrificed that. Uh, uh, I don't follow you because I'm following you because of your authority. I follow what you follow. When I see that you love something, I have a kind of a natural instinct to want to fall in love with it myself. Uh, And that means that if you articulate to me what it is you're trying to accomplish and you get me to love that goal, uh, by loving that goal, I'll change myself to help you achieve that goal not because you're going to get credit for it or even because I'm going to get credit for it. It's because I bought into the idea that that goal has intrinsic value. And um, it's kind of like, I always like to think of it as leadership 101. It's actually a very advanced form of, uh, of leadership that a lot of leaders really don't pay very much attention to. And I always felt like my job was to try to make that instead of something that a leader might come to after 30 years of leading people, if, if they're lucky, I, I wanted I wanted I wanted to make it reliable and simple and clear enough so that even a new a newly appointed manager a new supervisor uh, could learn immediately from it in their 20s so that they could apply it throughout their leadership journey all the way through retirement and uh, so that's really that's really what the toolkit is about. No, that's phenomenal. So you you know because you know there's layers to everything, right? And I'm always my clinical my clinical hat is always on, so I'm like layers, layers. <laughs> so as I'm listening to you, I immediately started thinking. First of all, your your quote, which I'll come back to towards the end of the show, is phenomenal. So I won't restate it here. Um, so I wanted to have the biggest impact at the end. Um, but you, when you were talking about the the process of curiosity and opening people up and encouraging them. Um, to, you know, to just follow forward, I'll say that without restating your quote right now, while also using the best parts of themselves to do it, part of the best selves of best parts of themselves, excuse me, is complicated with life happening around them, right? So there's all the time. I mean, we're, we're human, we're breathing. If you have the opportunity to live in an urban city or work in an urban city, there's extra complications with, you know, traffic and all kinds of things that can just complicate your day on in a light way. But then there's the, the harsher reality of bigger challenges that are happening. Meanwhile, they're trying to come to work the next day and implement all the great things that the BCAT, the the Brand and Culture Alignment Toolkit, has shown them like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to tap into myself this way and I want to, but I just had an argument with my spouse this morning, you know, that is is really making me question everything about my life. Or, you know, I just realize that I have to now move my parents in with me to take care of them because they're at a different age and I want to do it, but it complicates my ability to grow as a leader uh, or a midline level manager in this company or whatever the case is. So I know you're, you're dealing with a lot of that too. And you've dealt with it yourself as a human who's had to go through your own transition. So I'm curious, as I know the listeners are as well, is how do you keep momentum? Like, in the midst of all this transition and change, like you, you know what you want to do, you know how you want to serve and you know that you need to keep momentum, but life is constantly coming at you with these curveballs to throw you off your game for lack of a, a better analogy. <laughs> it, well, that's really it. I mean, that is such a great question, Nikita. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, as you as you were as you were asking that question, I was thinking about the word now. Okay. Uh, the word now pretty much refers to most people kind of internalize that word as, uh, oh my God, I've got to get this done right now. And so for most people, the word now is a deadline, and and they they work really hard to try to to try to conquer the moment. And I think that's upside down. I think the word now. The word now is actually the sandbox we all live in. It's the sandbox we all play in. And that moment that we're in, just about everything, all the really difficult stuff and all the fun stuff could be put off for a few minutes. If And, and by the way, taking advantage of that now moment that you might be in mm-hmm. uh, is a good way to kind of center yourself so that when you get to it, all those other things will be easier and feel less daunting and I, when you talk about living in a city and all the crazy stuff that goes around it, I actually split my time between New York City and uh, and Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. when I'm in New York, I I I use now by walking across the Brooklyn Bridge from Lower Manhattan, walking through Brooklyn up to the Manhattan Bridge, and then coming back to Manhattan by way of the Manhattan Bridge. The whole trip round trip takes about an hour and ten, an hour and fifteen minutes, and throughout it. You're surrounded by all those distractions and all those crazy things that can happen, all that unpredictability mm-hmm. that most people feel is a distraction. And for me, it's a Zen moment. I actually enjoy being in the middle of all that chaos. That chaos actually centers me. You know, that's ridiculously awesome. <laughs> Let me say that. Because um, you've been able to, I talk a lot about flipping fear on its head. Um, I call it flip head manipulation. And you're able to flip what other people would consider chaos into something that fuels you. Um, not only is it healthy, obviously you're walking, you know, and taking in the fresh air and being able to center yourself and have that. That's your own way of having me time with yourself, with your thoughts, with nature, with everything that's going on, people watching, just, you know, all those things that kind of come up. I'm not to mention all the, the honking and cursing that's happening in New York. Um, but <laughs> well, you know, thank you. You you actually made what I kind of do instinctively sound very wise, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, it is, Al. That's why I fell in love with you. Um, it, it is. You're, you're a wise soul. And I think that that's a phenomenal way to look at there are things you have control over, and there are things that you don't, but the things you do can be even more powerful if you center yourself in it. And you're centering yourself in, I mean, yeah, you could, I don't know what the equivalent of driving that time would be because of, you know, just to use New York as an example, I would imagine an an hour round trip walk is probably closer to a two hour drive, depending on traffic. Uh, But, but you've been able to flip it around and make it work for you, which allows you to keep maybe not the fastest pace, you know, as compared to a 15 minute train ride or whatever the case may be but you're able to keep momentum in the midst of what could be jarring. Like that process that you take on a daily basis when you're, you know, on your other side of your life in New York could easily make people want to move. And I don't want to deal with the traffic anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't want to, whatever you're going past the Brooklyn Bridge for, I don't want to do that anymore because it's too complicated. And you've been able to, to pull it into a space of, I have control over it to the limit that I'm going to be centered and enjoy the process while I'm doing it. But what about at, at work? Like when you're, and I know, you know, you work for yourself and so you have your own company. So it's a little bit of a different process, but you come, not only do you work with those organizations where you're dealing with those people and their challenges every day, but you come from that background as well. When people are having to show up and they're, let's just say nine to five traditionally. um, And they're coming with that, that baggage, I guess is the word that I was looking for 
and the have the heaviness that's a better word the heaviness of i'm not having the greatest year not just day but i'm not having the greatest year yet i want to keep momentum and move the needle forward because i have a greater work to do and it's, these are not people who don't like their job so let me let me set that up this is not like a, oh i hate my job i'm not in the right position i'm not working they took the bcat they they got it out like they they have it <laughs> Uh, but but life is still happening. And I guess part of the deeper question is if you've experienced that where life was happening, even though you knew the greater work that you had to do, you had to show up, show up for CEO chat and interview some phenomenal people. <laughs> right. And then work after. But you weren't having the best day. But you can't show that when you get on the air. You can't show that you're not having a good day. So well, how do you move the needle? How do, how do I how do I do that? That's a. Uh... Uh, I, you know, I think I think I have. Um, I don't know whether this is true of most people. I know that in in myself, I, uh, I I'm very quick to feel frustrated when when I when I feel like what I'm what I'm explaining to people isn't really being received or understood very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that frustration can sometimes will throw me off my game if I don't become mindful of it and don't try to work my way through it. So w when I feel like a conversation isn't reaching a point. Uh, the, uh, where I feel like what I'm trying to say has gotten through. And most of what I do, by the way, uh, all day really is talk to people. I mean, that's pretty much my job. My job is talking with clients who are trying to use the BCAT or talking with partners who are trying to uh, understand it. Um, and um, I guess I have a little exercise that I kind of go through, and that is as soon as I feel that frustration and become mindful of it, I try to turn it upside down. And uh, uh, what what I try to do is under uh, what I try to do is empathize, I guess, with the with the failure to understand that I perceive in the in the person that I'm talking to, and then I try to explain it from their point of view back to myself so that I can understand it better, if that makes sense. I know that sounds a little upside down, but when I return to the core principles that drive everything I do, and they're really just a few, mm -hmm. when I return to those core principles, I overcome a lot of that frustration and I begin to feel centered in my work. And I, be, I begin to feel like I'm getting through to people more effectively and like I'm, I'm, I'm achieving my purpose more fully, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. You are being a leader who implements the ability to listen <laughs> um, and mirror it back around. That, that sounds like you're a good leader. That's exactly what that sounds like. Um, and more importantly, because you're a leader who, who wants to hear what the challenges are so that you can help most effectively. Um, just to not to be, you know, you, well, you met me, Al, so, you know, I'm really woo woo and the listeners have been with me for a while. If you're new to this, get used to it. I am super woo woo. Uh, but it really is, you know, right. It's, it's like listening to the rooted dysfunction and that's what you're listening to. You're listening to the root of the problem and not just try to come in with a bunch of snacks. So, you know, and it's a, it's, it takes a kind of a creative combination of patience and empathy to do yeah. that. But, uh, but if you can find that, it really helps. And you, you mentioned earlier too that you, you you recall a funny moment from when we were when our <laughs> roles were reversed on CEO chat. What was that? Oh my gosh! So the fu the funniest moment was listening to you. Well, part one of the funny moment was listening to you and Joe in between. Uh, you know how there's the commercial break, so you you know us three were able to just kind of keep talking. Your energy was hilarious. You were like two brothers in a candy store. Um, and it was just, you know, great to be a fly on the wall or on the couch, so to speak, just kind of like watching it. That was just hilarious in itself. But at the very, very end, where we had a, a, the joy of a 
a little visitor fly in. Um, I don't know what it was, a little fly or something. And I had on this long pink, um, it's like a dress top and it flew and I jumped up and screamed bloody murder and you and, and Joe were looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> that little, that little uninvited guest actually arrived about halfway through the second segment of the program. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it and uh, I wasn't sure how you'd react to it. So I kind of kept my mouth shut and, uh, we, so we postponed that moment until after the program was mostly <laughs> over, but. Now, that's something I learned about you. I know you're not crazy about those little uninvited guests. I am not. But I, I thought it was the hilarious thing because if you could have seen your faces um, and been the It opposite. was a small bug. I mean, for people who were listening, it wasn't a wildebeest. It was, no. a, it was a small bug, but I know you're not a bug person. No, so. it was like a fly or something, and I just lost yeah. my... I don't, think, yeah. I don't like things that are smaller than me that move faster than me. How about that? That was a great moment. <laughs> it was. Um, so I want to... So I want you to share, if you're open, um, with everyone, what do you do to unapologetically pause when you're between New York and Philly and CEO chat and B-cats and everything else that you do when you're having conversations with people? How do you take care of yourself? Well, you, you know, the, uh, I think, um, you know, and, and sometimes this frustrates the people I work with because uh, uh, they'll say things like, well, what is it you want? And uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of forget. I, I almost don't care what I want. What? What fascinates me in every conversation with everybody, whether it's on CEO chat or, or here with you even, uh, uh, what fascinates me is what drives other people. And I feel like I'm always learning from that. And mm -hmm. getting to know other people means asking open questions. And asking open questions means every now and then asking a question you don't yourself know the answer to. And having faith that heading the conversation in that direction will be a good thing and not, and not an uncomfortable thing. So, so again, I think it, it comes back to curiosity. If you are really honestly curious about other people and how they feel and how they think, then that whole process of conversing with people, whether it's in public or in private, I, I think just becomes much easier. Asking questions like, uh, what did you want to be when you were five years old? And what did you think mm -hmm. you wanted to be when you, when you grow up? Mm -hmm. I mean, going all the way back to what drives a human being at their core even if it's a CEO of a large co company, and I've talked to a bunch of them, getting comfortable enough with them and getting them comfortable enough with you to be able to ask questions like, what did you want to be when you were five? Right. Uh, puts them in a different frame of mind where now all of a sudden, instead of pretending to be somebody they're not, mm -hmm. they actually reveal to you who they actually are. And, uh, and that, for me, that's, that's a, a moment where everybody's guard is dropped, and I feel like I've earned some trust, and earning trust is a, has a big kind of a payoff for me. Does that... Do you feel like when you have solidified that trust moment, because I think everybody kind of knows it, you know, when it happens, you're like, got it. And, you know, we, we have a good rapport now. We can go a little deeper. Is that is that what you feel like fuels you to go forward to the next conversation, to the next meeting? You know what I mean? To keep your energy. I do. And 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 by the way, you remember I mentioned a, a little when we first started that part of the conversation, I mentioned that uh, sometimes it takes me a long time to tell people what I want. Mm -hmm. Well, when, when you've earned a trust moment with somebody by finding out who they are and yeah. getting them to reveal something about themselves, you have to be careful not to ruin it by trying to take advantage of it and telling them what you're trying to get. Right. You follow me? I mean, the generosity, generosity is something else when you expect something in return from it. Right, right. And uh, so that, you know, that being open and generous and sometimes being patient because the, uh, the, the close, whatever it is, which is something I'm not very good at, frankly, and 
that's why I have friends who help me with that. Mm -hmm. uh, the close often ruins that moment, and it's that moment that I really enjoy. I love, I love that moment when you talk to another person and they tell you something that maybe they don't tell everybody because they trust you and because they have faith in you, and they, and they smile through that because they feel like you really value what, what, what they're saying. Yeah, and that's a fun thing for me. That's, that's what makes the interviews fun for me. That's your social psychology background coming out. <laughs> Might be a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how much of that I learned uh, in college versus learning it on the streets growing up in South Philadelphia. Yeah. Somewhere between the two, I think I learned that. You definitely got some good ability to read people, that's for sure, South Philly. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's phenomenal. Um, so that, that brings me back to you give, you give a lot. You're constantly pouring without expectation. You're generating these amazing conversations, leading people forth in the way that you do it, whether it's through the tool, the conversation, an opportunity to have a conversation on air and share their message with CEO chat, whatever it is, because you have very different platforms that you can help people move the needle forth for themselves. But when you're done giving, because you're giving and you're giving and you're giving constantly, Al, so how are you pouring back into yourself? What are you doing to take care of you to just refill a little bit? Well, you know, the, the, the uh, funny thing is I don't really think all that much about that. I feel very fulfilled just in the giving part of it. And, uh, you know, what I, what I often get back from it is a, an, a similar open question, like, so tell me more about this brand and culture alignment toolkit. How, how does it work? And mm. that gives me a chance to talk about what really excites me, which is creating environments for people that make people feel like they're valued and trusted that harness their curiosity and their, and their basic drive to be better, uh, to move a project forward or to propel a company to the next level. Or, I mean, that, to me anyway, that's kind of the payoff to me. I, I think that what I do in, in just talking with people uh, can be canned in a way and made available as a product. And that's really what BCAT is. Yeah, no, that makes sense. This is, it is your release to be able to do what you love to do. That makes sense. Yeah, that's my why, and it, it really kind of works very well for me, and I, I appreciate you asking that. It's a great question. No, absolutely. So how can people follow up with you, and where can they contact you to learn more about BCAT um, and or CEO Chat? Uh, well, uh, that, send me an email at al at alcineandpartners.com. Uh, so it's A-L-C-I-N-I and, and all one word, alcineandpartners.com just Al at, and uh, my phone number is 609-238-5070, and uh, I'm always open to a conversation. And you mentioned CEO Chat, which is on rvntv.tv. It's uh, an on-demand video program. We conduct interviews with CEOs who have stories to tell or with people who have stories to tell CEOs. And uh, it was great having you on as a guest, and if anybody uh, out there thinks uh, in your audience or among your followers thinks that they'd like to uh, perhaps appear on the program. I appreciate them reaching out to me and we'll work something out. Well, that's phenomenal. Thank you, Al. That's an amazing gift to all Balance Bowling listeners out there. Please take them up on it. It's an amazing opportunity and it's pretty local right here in New Jersey. So that was It is right awesome. in, in South Jersey, uh, across the bridge in, uh, well, it'll be in Cherry Hill. We're moving to a larger studio in about two weeks mm -hmm. uh, and that's in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So it's easy to get to. That is super phenomenal. Al, you've been such a pleasure. And as always, it's an honor to be in your presence because your energy is ridiculous. Um, and <laughs> you know how much I love you. I wish they could see your smile. You have one of the best smiles. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> I can hear it. 
Good. Um, so I appreciate you. I'll don't go anywhere. I just enjoy you so much. So you stay right there. <laughs> Balance Bowley listeners, I appreciate you so much um, for taking this time out to allow Al and I to see something into your life, your relationships, and your business. Of course, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe, rate, and share this podcast to help us ensure that the bold and brave out there also have access to these valuable balance tools. It was an amazing opportunity to sit with Alcini today. He's a phenomenal guy, and I wish we just had more time because he's like full of stories and all kinds of interesting moments that are really life-changing, and the nuggets are fulfilling. I'll say that. Um, so I would like to end the show as I normally do with a little gentle honesty. Um, it's my take on the takeaway from something great that our expert guest and today was Alcini happened to say. And something, he said a lot of amazing things, but one thing really, really stuck to me, which was leadership 101, is people follow what you follow. And I thought that that was just so phenomenal. So it's a little gentle honesty from Alcini. Of course, if you are not already a member of the Dreamers Blueprint, um, you have to wait. You're on the waiting list now. Our doors are closed for open enrollment. Only the influencers um, who are in the group can invite people in right now. But that doesn't mean that we still can't help you. So make sure that you continue to tap in and tune in to Balance Bowley Podcast week after week on Wednesdays. Um, we're in our new season now with peaks and valleys and how to keep your sanity. And we'll be rocking with this for at least another four to five weeks. So stay tuned for all those great nuggets. And if you want to have a conversation, you know that you can reach me. The most effective way is honestly just go to asknikita at, at thigpro.com to send me an email. You notice I was going to flip that around. Um, or come talk with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I'm at Balance Bowley on everything. Balance Bowley, Balance Bowley, Balance Bowley on everything. Come check me out. I'm happy to have a conversation and at least point you into the right direction, whether that be to Al Cini or anyone else that you need to at the time. Um, you all have been a pleasure. I was honored to have this opportunity with you. And until next time, make sure that you set an intention to enjoy the balance of your day, but do it boldly. 